0: Hi, and welcome back to C. Myers Live. My name is Brian McHenry and I'm a principal of C. Myers Corporation.
1: And I'm Rob Johnson. I'm president and a principal here too.
0: And today we're gonna focus on negative rates. There's been focus on this a number of times over the last few years, but especially in light of what's going on right now with the historic lows and the current rates, and also with all the economic pressure more focus, more discussions around what it could look like if we did experience negative
1: rates here in the U.S. Yeah, and you talk about a pressing topic that a lot of people are interested in. And to put it in perspective, we did a quick little Google search this morning, and in half a second it came back with 737 million results for negative interest rates in the U.S. alone. And what's interesting is when you look at the top articles on it, It ranges from the Fed says that they will not go negative to Trump demands negative rates. And so you're seeing very different perspectives there as to what might happen. And you see arguments that the market is predicting that rates will go negative, others giving reasons why it needs to, and others giving reasons why it won't. So it gets a little confusing but it makes it worthwhile to talk about because we haven't experienced that here in the US other than maybe a couple basis points here and there on a few different days. But there are some key things that can happen to institutions, especially as a financial institution, if rates were to go negative and what that might mean for you.
0: So we're gonna walk through some considerations and things that you can think about on what might it look like if we did experience negative rates. Here's the key thing. The reality is nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. I mean, people that study this all the time, as Rob said, lots of speculation and thoughts. Even Warren Buffett himself said he doesn't really know the answer on the implications of negative rates in the U.S. He did say they puzzle him, but they don't scare him. So even someone that is considered smart, knows this stuff, studies it, doesn't know. Having said that, it does help to think through those considerations so that if it does happen, you've at least thought it through and that can better position you to make some decisions. And what we can do is also look outside of the U.S. to see what are some of the things and some of the impacts that could happen from negative rates. And in this case, as we go through today, we're going to look at Germany as an example for what did the German banks experience once negative rates happened over there? and. That happened as an aside from a a reference perspective. They started experiencing negative rates in about 2015.
1: Yeah, and that was especially for their short-term rates Mm -hmm. were negative going in 2015. And at first when people hear that concept, I think maybe we step back and at least answer a few questions on what does that look like? What does that actually mean to have negative rates? One, what it means is oftentimes any of the short-term investments that they're doing and recently today you'd see with their their form of Fed and their safekeeping is they're going to be paying about 50 basis points. That means to save your money, any money that currently you have in Fed funds that you're earning in the zero to 25 basis point range, you would actually pay the other institution to safe keep it. What does that do and why do negative rates didn't come about? Why would a country work to have that happen? is who wants to earn a negative rate? No one. So what it looks to do is encourage you to go out and invest in other opportunities, take additional risks that you might decide in other environments not to do, but well, I could either lose money or I could go out and try lending out in this area, try pushing this investment. So that helps places get more creative, which the goal in doing that is to then spur the economy, make money flow easier to the consumer and to different businesses. So with that as a foundation, and again referencing
0: uh, Germany and what happened with German banks, Rob, what are some things that places would want to think
1: through starting on the deposit side? Yeah, a lot of times people say, well, does that mean that uh, all of a sudden I get to have negative rates on my deposit accounts? And technically you, you could, but that's not what you normally see. In fact, in Germany their cost of funds as of the end of first quarter 2020 was about 12 basis points so they were still paying some cost of funds but it was essentially zero now there are situations where different institutions will go ahead and charge negative rates to select members maybe large balance investors that are looking to safe keep millions of dollars and for them they might look at that and say If I turn around and just pay you zero for holding your millions of dollars safe, I have to turn around and pay 50 basis points if I'm just sitting on it. So that's costing me a lot of money. And you do start to see that pass through. But to the general consumer, you normally aren't seeing that happen. You're seeing that they are paying somewhere in the zero to a few basis points for the deposits. So
0: one of the things that's interesting to think about here is, you know, we talked about why you might have negative rates, but also to think through what is a negative rate. I mean, again, you go back, are you seeing negative rates, as you said, in in examples and for certain reasons, but what is a negative rate? And in essence, a negative rate, you can think of it as a fee. It's just a proportional fee versus a flat fee, like an account maintenance or an overdraft protection as an example. And so as you think about this and the idea of, would you want to charge a negative rate? Or if you're trying to also find alternative revenue sources, would you want to do a fee? Well, there's some philosophical debates around there for you to figure out on what is your approach to fee income. Also, think of it from the member perspective and what you're trying to communicate. What's the impact of communicating a negative rate versus a fee and how do you want to approach that? And then, of course, can your systems actually do it? Can you actually do the
1: negative interest rate in your system? Now, very good question. And so you have the communication side of it because it's confusing, you have the system side of it, and that's where sometimes you just see non-interest income come up. And it does really connect with this other challenge that anyone facing this, this question really starts to come across is really how do you make money in a negative rate environment? What are the options? And it comes down to typically there's either non-interest income So some of those fees and trying to get a little bit more innovative on those fees. Probably not going to be charging rates for the negative rates for safekeeping, but you could. Or what do I do to generate more revenue? So it leads to the question of, well, what's happening on the investment side of things? What investment options do I have? What lending options do I have? And what kind of return would I have? And oftentimes we do hear a question, does that mean all of a sudden my loans are at a negative rate? And no, um, normally not. What really when they're talking about a negative environment means that the government rates are negative. And just like today, you are earning a spread over the government rates when you look at your loan rates. So you would still have that situation and maybe the spread needs to increase in those environments because of the concerns of what led to the need to have negative rates. If we were to continue on the story with Germany, they have also had negative long-term rates. So, for a while, you know, Brian mentioned that short-term rates were negative starting in 2015. Well, for a while, their 10-year government was about 0 to 50 basis points, so they could reach out there, take interest rate risk by going long and getting some return in that negative environment. But more recently, for example, at the end of first quarter of this year, their 10-year rate, if someone goes out and buys a 10-year German bond, they're going to get a return of negative 54 basis points each year for the next decade. So, of course, that starts to become pretty unappealing. Mm-hmm. And that's where if you had no other options, you would either be investing at a negative return, negative 50 basis points for the short run, negative 50 basis points roughly for the long run. That's a flat environment. You, you can't make that up on volume with those alternatives and that's where it pushes towards innovating and trying to get institutions to do more loans to create the revenue so loan income what happens on that front well of course it's lower it's lower than what we're experiencing here but to put it in perspective the 10-year treasury being around minus 50 well the german mortgage interest rates were about 122. so that's about 175 basis point spread that roughly 175 basis point spread isn't all that different than what we experience here a lot of times in the US. It's just that their starting point is a lot lower. And so it helps put that mindset of, okay, if we're having this kind of spread, what would that look like? And then, okay, it's nice to hear that loans aren't negative, but how do you make money on 122 basis point mortgage rate? And that's a fixed rate mortgage at 122 basis points. Uh, what's my operating expense ratio? What, mm-hmm. what am I doing with my other sources? What's my credit risk? Mm-hmm. You know, do I need to take more credit risk to cover you know, this pressure because I have no returns otherwise? And it does raise some more of those questions. We'll point out that, and we'll, we'll jump to a little piece of the end of the story for a moment, that while the German bank's earnings are very low, they are still making money but there's a big difference when we're talking about yield opportunities for what to do in this environment is yes they could lend out for a little rate it's talked about but much of this time when they were looking at zero or negative what was happening here in the US remember even as of the end of the year the 10-year Treasury here in the US was a positive 150 so what could they do do you think Any of them would have a hard time defending going out and getting positive returns in a U.S. Treasury and the safety of the U.S. government? Of course not. That politically would be very easy for them to argue so they were able to make money elsewhere. One of the challenges and why you see a difference on what about negative interest rates in the U.S. is we aren't going to have that same kind of option. Sure, maybe there might be some positive rates in Portugal But you're probably not going to take your excess funds and say, I'm going to safely go put my money out there. And especially as a credit union, you're not going to have those options. It's just illegal for you to go ahead and do that. So then you have to say, what are my sources of revenue in that environment? Which circles back to what you were saying earlier, Rob, on the loans. You you have questions on
0: credit risk, reaching for yield that way. Or volume. If you're going to do lower credit risk, you try and do a lot more volume. That starts to then connect to the operating expenses, but we'll set that piece aside for the moment. Going back to our case study of Germany, you highlighted a major difference. They could invest in US treasuries. And when it comes to credit risk, one of the things that they actually saw, or you can see in the information in the data, is that credit risk actually looks like it declined at German banks because the non performing loans, the amount of them, actually decreased through about 2018. So they weren't necessarily reaching for credit risk. But again, that points to that important difference, which is they also had the option to go into something that was safer with a pretty decent yield, even if their cost of funds was at zero base points. So that's a major difference there. What about, as you look at other opportunities within the loan portfolio, what are some things that places would wanna think about for commercial real estate, for example?
1: Yeah, talk about a really tough question as to where to make our money. Not every institution does commercial real estate, items like that, but if you look at this environment and some of our causes of what brought us here and the pressures of this environment, it's changing the way that we think about how we work and the workspace that we need. Not only do you see a lot more distributed workforce where people are working from home, they're working from smaller locations, there's a lot more variety that way, a lot more use of technology, but it's also raising more concerns as to, well, what is actually the layout of, of our workspace? Do we all have to get on an elevator? What's that like? What's the spacing and, and the amount of room that each person has so that we don't lead to more issues in the future? And so if you think about that pressure that you're probably thinking through in your own headquarters and branch spacing right now, and then you start applying that to the the whole population of commercial business and real estate, you start running into these questions as to, hmm, which of these workspaces might start to have huge drops in value because it raises more of an exposure for the spread of a virus. And if it has more of an exposure and it's less prone to letting that same number of people work there, then what's that look like? Same challenge, if you look at the different types of commercial real estate, you have a regular let's say an office building ranging to a hotel and the hotel is dramatically changing right now to restaurants mm-hmm. and if we have a sustained period of time of restaurants only being able to have 25 or maybe 50 percent capacity then their ability to pay that same kind of amount each month for having that real estate it goes away so if something starts changing on that business model and if you have a glut of places who are going out of business because they can't afford it, then that starts to dramatically impact real estate prices. And that's something that really people are starting to question right now, is to what's it look like? It doesn't mean we don't do anything because in the end you're in the business to take and manage risks and opportunities for the benefit of the membership. But it does start to shift some of those questions as to What's a reasonable risk? What are some of the things to consider and make sure that you're evolving, not just, of course, we know it's scarier out there, but really thinking through some of these different angles as to which of these are still a reasonable bet while still a challenge versus, ooh, I don't want to touch that right now because of these other items that I don't see faring well in this type of environment, especially in light of the pandemic. Mm
0: so we've talked about the operating expenses a couple of times we've touched on it let's talk that through a little bit what are some things that places would want to think through Uh, and the reason i'm going to operating expenses is i can imagine as we're talking through deposits the investment options the lending as places are thinking about they're like well, I don't what are my levers what are the ones that i have left to pull why have fee and other income we touched on that so really i'm down to operating expenses so what do
1: i do yeah, it's extra difficult in a negative rate environment, but the reality is that the, whether we go to a negative rate environment or not, some of those lessons are applicable in a zero or near zero environment, too, which is where do we spend our money that can help us generate revenue in the future? And so what we have found in general is the solution is not to just slash all expenses that you know, we just need to cut across the board but rather be very deliberate as to where are we spending our money and There might be certain areas that you need to slash because they're not going to be serving you as well in the future and they're not as much of a fit for your business model. But I'll go back to some of the things that we've all been talking about over time and that is that clarity of your business model and your objectives and how you're gonna be delivering on your strategy in the future. And it means that the expenses that we can use that are going to either help us generate revenue or maybe diversify some of our sources of revenue or the areas to spend money that can create scale. That if we can get more scale on the amount of loans that we can produce for that same number of dollars, then those are the institutions that win in those more competitive environments because they've been able to produce a lot more loans and not have to have liquidity sitting there at a negative rate And so the ability to deploy that money, then you can get more price competitive. So it's not about the lowest expense ratio wins. It's actually the most intentional expense ratio that still probably needs to have some pressure on being lower, be hard in a negative environment to have a high expense ratio and still make money. Yeah. The way I hear that is it connects
0: with another message you were delivering, which is you're in the business of taking and managing risk you still need to spend money. It's just a question of how and where, and how can you be intentional on those things that's gonna move your business and move your strategy forward. And then, yeah, look for the opportunities where you can scale or be more efficient and not spend money in certain spots. So I wanna circle back, you know, we've touched on a number of things to consider for negative interest rates. And again, just wanna highlight, no one knows the full implications. We've referenced, there's a ton of information out there. Warren Buffett considered I always forget his nickname. The Oracle of Omaha. The Oracle of Omaha doesn't know he's puzzled by it. And it's valuable to think it through. And these are some of the things that you can be thinking through. And even in negative interest rates, there is opportunity. That's one of the things that we know is that regardless of what's happening, there's opportunity. It just takes being intentional, focused, and methodical to think through how do you navigate and move forward, remain relevant in this particular environment. agree 100%. Yeah thank you for your time today. If you do have questions, please let us know. Please feel free to reach out. As always, we're happy to hop on the phone. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. Thank you.